Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. If you've got your Bibles, why don't you turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. I promised it. And uh, so we're going to go there. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And uh, I'll just pray before we start. Lord, we just thank you that you are here with us this morning. You fight for us. You reveal your truth to us. We ask that you would come and speak Holy Spirit to our hearts, that you would change us and shape us and grow us. And we pray this morning that you would say everything to us that you want said. And we give you all the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Also welcome the Odinga crew as well. They're live streaming in this morning. So g'day guys down there. And uh, hopefully it's been nice and cool down there, I think. And uh, it's a bit chilly even here this morning, isn't it? No? Okay. <laughs> Keith, where are you? <laughs> anyway, that's, that's for another time. Hey, let's start reading. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 says, For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and time to die, a time to plant, a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry, a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be quiet and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. I'm going to just read this next bit as well. And it says, What do people really get for all their hard work? I have seen the burden God's placed on us all. Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. So I concluded there is nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. And people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor, for these are the gifts from God. And I know for whatever, that whatever God does is final. Nothing can be added to it or taken from it. God's purpose is that people should fear him. What is happening now has happened before. And what will happen in future has happened before. Because God makes the same things happen over and over again. Interesting, isn't it? I don't read Ecclesiastes that often. I don't know about you. It's one of those books that uh, sort of just hides away there. Uh, but there's some really, really sharp wisdom in Ecclesiastes. And this passage here is a perfect word for us in this season. And that is that nothing is new under the sun and that God is sovereign and he is in full control of everything and he always has and he always will be. I want to give you three things that I was thinking about and I want to talk today about God's rhythm. God's rhythm. 
Some of you may not know that um, for about, I don't know, 15, 18 years, something like that, I was the drummer here in the church and at youth and and uh, we used to have Sunday morning and Sunday night service and we'd have a Friday night service and then youth on Saturday. So four times in a weekend, I would drum plus practices. So drumming a lot, you know, and uh, it was good fun. I enjoyed it. And we love Jared who just thunders out our drums for us now. Amazingly. And, um, but uh, one thing that you learn fairly quickly uh, from week number one is that timing is everything. Because if you're a drummer and you are out of time, then we have problems. And so um, I very quickly learned, and I went out of time many times. Um, and Brett, my older brother, used to be the worship pastor and he would look over at me and, and, as a brother can, give me an honest look and that means you're out of time. <laughs> but uh, timing is everything. And I was thinking about God's rhythm. Uh, actually, as I was out in my garden this morning, just picking off some snow peas and things and listening to the bird, birds and... Uh, and I was, I was just thinking, isn't it fascinating how everything that God has created has a rhythm? All sorts of different rhythms, like our heartbeat, the waves, you know, seasons come and go, things grow, things die, and all over the world it's different. But God's creation has a rhythm. You have a rhythm, and I have a rhythm. And I actually believe more now than ever before that each of us has a slightly different rhythm. And that's why we don't get each other. And that's why when someone's got a different rhythm than us, we kind of, it, it doesn't jive with us because it's like, that is a different rhythm. You are so different. And, and so now we've learned that rather than think that's a problem, we celebrate that and go, hey, you know, let's, how can we learn from each other? God has a rhythm in you and in me that is unique and powerful. And when we learn to listen to his rhythm of how we are created, how we hear from him, how we function in the gifts and talents that he's given us, I think it's a powerful thing because we learn his language and we learn his voice and we learn how he speaks to us and how he speaks through us. Because his timing is one of those things that when we get in his rhythm, we can actually listen clearer than ever before and we begin to hear him in different ways we begin to see him uh, since we've moved to the farm I mean I, I feel like I see God in in all creation even in weird and wonderful animals and I put on social media yesterday our our packer was getting shorn and and she hates it uh, but she was much better behaved this time um, but I'm looking at it thinking, isn't it interesting? This was a year ago I was doing this. There's a season for everything. There's a season for shearing and pruning and growing and watering. And all of these things are principled by God. He has ordained seasons in our life. He's ordained these things. Sometimes there's a running and sometimes there's a resting. Sometimes there's a real pursuing where we're digging in and we're going after things of God or we're going after things. Other times we're sitting back and just waiting on him. All of these things are ordained by God and none of them are a surprise to him. So getting the timing right is really key. I'll always remember a prophetic guy, uh, Steve Witt his name is. He came here, man, I'm going to say like, 20 years ago plus, and uh, he taught on the prophetic, and I think he gave such practical tools that I've, I've never forgotten uh, some of the stuff he said. But 
uh, one of the things he shared was about it's all well and good that we get a revelation of God or a revelation that God reveals something to us. But if we don't get the application and the timing right, we can stuff the whole thing up. And so it's really important that we match the timing of God with our actions. And, you know, the right thing at the wrong time can really make things go off skew, can't it? And so getting this timing, hearing God's heartbeat, his rhythm, what is he saying to you today? What is he saying to you this week? What does this year look like for you? When you stop and you breathe and you think about Father God over you and over this year, maybe you journal down. Karen and I, we just sort of been talking about this year and and we like to sort of inspire each other I suppose with new things that we're feeling and and one of the things we've just been talking about our morning routine and uh, and and one of the things that um, I've decided to do is just begin journaling a bit more again and it's it's a good thing to do I'm sure a lot of you already do it but I sort of have seasons where I do and then I don't and um, and so it's one of those things that it's been good for me because I have to stop and listen. And so learning God's timing sometimes requires yielding, yielding to him. It's not a word we love, is it? Yielding, stopping and listening to him. What are you saying to me? What are you saying to me? And then we stop and we listen. Another thing I've thrown in, I'm only three days in, but I'm going to give you updates. I'm going to challenge a few of you others if you've got a pull. I'm doing morning swims. And it's funny, I've picked the coldest week of, you know, the last three months to begin this, but I'm going okay. Uh, three days in, so we'll see how that one goes. It may drop off the perch. But, uh, but it's good to challenge ourselves and listen and just be refreshed in what he is saying. God will be speaking new things to you in this season. If we will stop and listen, you, you might be amazed what he's saying to you. You might be amazed what he whispers to you and what he shares with you. So when we get that timing right, when we learn how to rest and run and listen to him, we get in sync with the timing. I can remember a couple of times um, drumming and on worship team and just going way out of time. And, you know, there's, there's no coming back from that. You know, when you're the drummer and you're out of time, it's like everyone's looking Everyone knows you're out of time. Brett's giving me the evil eye and I don't know where I'm going to go. So sometimes the best thing you can do is just stop. Just stop playing altogether. And then, you know, hopefully a few bars later you can jump on and get back into time. But this is what it's like with God sometimes. Maybe you've found yourself getting out of sync with him. It's okay. He loves you. He loves you just the same as when we're out of time, but his grace abounds for us even when we're out of time. And my encouragement from a drummer who's got it wrong many, many times is stop what you're doing. Just stop for a few days, stop for a few weeks and begin to just listen in and sink in with him. And you might be amazed, you you might just jump straight back in on time because God's timing is perfect. I know it's annoying because he makes us, makes us wait so much. And Habakkuk chapter 2 is a passage I go to when I'm waiting on things, when I'm sweating on things. I go to Habakkuk chapter 2 and it says, even though it won't delay, it will come. And the truth is the promises of God are perfect. His promises are perfect and his timing is perfect. The next one is tuning. 
Again, if you play an instrument, you'll know if you're out of tune, you might as well not play it any, at all in the first place. You want the tuning. And I think that when we're listening to God's rhythm, we want to be dialed in to the tune, the patterns of what is he saying. And I've found over my lifetime what has helped me is by listening to when I got it wrong. I know that might sound like a weird way of doing it, but I kind of like, I take seriously when the Word of God says judge prophecy and, and this kind of thing. So what I do is judge my own. When have I got it wrong? When was I just speaking in the flesh? When was I out of sync? Because judging myself on that has made me a better hearer of God's voice. Because I will know that in times past when I've done it, maybe on the hype of a meeting or the hype of a moment or just I'll see someone and they just smell nice. So I want to go and give them a prophetic word or something like that. I know some of you have done it. Come on, be honest. But uh, anyway, we're going to get off track if we go down there. So don't get me, don't get me sidetracked this week. But there's all sorts of things we can do in the flesh and we think it's the spirit. If we will analyze later when the hype of the moment has gone and we say, was that you, Lord, or was that me? And this is the way we fine tune our hearing of God's voice. And I've learned that there's, a, there's plenty of times when uh, I'm, I've, I've given an encouragement, but I, I should have stopped halfway through because half of that was me and half of it was God. Ever found that? And uh, so sometimes we just... We just add way too much to it. We say way too much. I want to give you a piece of advice that I have learned for myself. If this is any help to you, I hope it is. And that is, I've learned God generally speaks in short sentences. So when we're giving encouragements to other, I heard this from God for you, it doesn't need to go for 10 minutes. It normally goes for 10 seconds. And it will be more powerful than the 10 minutes of you. Uh, that's just a, that's, that's for free, okay? That is absolutely for free. Tuning. Tune into the ways God speaks. Have a look at how he's spoken to you in the past, and that's how he'll speak to you in the future. And dial into when I was wrong and when I was right, and then I can really finely tune the voice of God so that when he is speaking to me and through me, I know it's him. Because when we really purify that prophetic voice that he actually has given all of us, I believe, that all of us have a, an ability to hear from God and, and A, take it for ourselves, but also share that with others. And sometimes it's the simplest little things, the simplest little things. Some of the simplest things are the most prophetic some of the simplest things that maybe you think is an observation can be a real prophetic encouragement. And, and, it's, and it's one of those things that sometimes we may even uh, look over because it might seem too silly or too simple. I've said it before, but Sam has a gift of just hospitalitizing everyone who comes into his, his shop. It's, and, and this is an encouragement for him. Now, Sam, I don't know how you're feeling today, but that might be a little prophetic inspiration for you to know that that's a gift from God. And it's, it's simple, short and sweet. And I could put all sorts of sugar and cream and strawberries on top that would be me when he just said, encourage you with one word or one sentence. And so when we take these little things and we tune into what he's saying, it's powerful. Don't ever underestimate the power of your voice. Don't ever underestimate the power that you have 
of encouraging that person near you or next door to you or in the workplace or in the study arena or at school or university of the one sentence that you might give them today that they desperately need. There's probably hundreds of encounters with God waiting out there that you and I are ordained to take part in. And just by, by faith, receiving it and saying, okay, wow, that's something really simple. I'm just going to share that. Don't underestimate that. Tune into what he's saying. Dial into his station because it's a whole lot better. And I listen to a lot of the radio. Yes, I listen to a lot of cricket and news. And also if, if, if the kids jump in my car, the first thing that happens in the car before anything else, slap the radio off. It's, it's just the first thing that happens. And now it's a press button. I can see some people congratulating each other because that obviously happens in some other family arenas as well. But the radio goes off because they know I listen. But I tell you, there's nothing more annoying than driving up our country road. And there's a, about a 100-metre section I've worked where it just goes... It fuzzes. And that's what it can be like for us sometimes. When we go out of range, we hear a fuzzy message from God. And we might just we might get a little piece of the message, but we don't get the whole thing. If you're ever trying to listen to the footy score or the cricket score and you only get one of the results, it's like, oh my God, I stopped the car and pull over. Oh, I can't quite get it. I know this is like country road problems here and hardly any of you get what I'm talking about. But, but some of you do. I can see Peter. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Yeah. And uh, it's, it's one of those things. Dial into what he's saying and you might be surprised at what he's saying. Simple, clear, powerful encouragements from God. Training. This is one of those areas that when I read Ecclesiastes 3, I'm, I'm reading that. And I'm thinking, wow, it's God's word is powerful. His word is eternal. And I read those words, and the truth is, we could read those words at any time. But when we read them again, even in a, a group like this, you read it and you think, wow, that is so true. It is so true that God has ordained everything. And there is a time for everything. And there's so many contrasts. I know it, I've probably repeated the word time 45 times just reading that. But it's the contrasting life that we live, isn't it? There is times of light. There's times of darkness and joy and sadness. But in all of that, God remains the same. In all of that, our faith is refined and strengthened. And we learn how to train ourselves to trust in him beyond our situations. Uh, 1 Corinthians 9 Verse 24 to 27 says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. But I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Paul takes this really seriously. What he's saying here is we're in training. We're in training for what is to come. We don't have an imperishable gold medal or wreath that's going to be awarded to us. We have an imperishable one. We have an everlasting life that is yet to come. And all of us, in our own ways, we have these contrasting lifestyles and 
And some, some will be in pain and some will be in victory. And the truth is all of us will have different facets of that from time to time. But we're all in training for what is to come. We have a great God who's coming back for us and his name is Jesus. And we have a great promise of everlasting life, which is ours in Christ. It's an incredible message. It, it never dies. It never grows old. But sometimes we've got to remember that, that we're actually here for a purpose. We're here for a reason. We're in training. And we need to learn the best ways we possibly can so that we can run a good race. We want to steward our lives well. And we want to be able to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. And that's, that's pretty good words that we, we want to hear, isn't it? Training, tuning, and timing. I just want to finish because I think I want to just repeat a couple of things on timing because I know for me, I think this is probably the most paramount thing in my life when I've got it wrong and when I've got it right. I can remember times that uh, in particular uh, in business but also in ministry, but I remember when Karen and I had felt we'd heard from God that we were going to own our business. And I was working as the sales manager for the company at the time. And, um, and, and we really felt like we'd heard from God. I think I was probably 24 years age, years old, however you say that. And, um, and, and we were believing, we were praying, we were, you know, just really in faith. You know, you, you've heard from God and you just know this is going to happen. And, um, and so we, we're praying and... We, the opportunity came up for us to put in an offer to the, um, to the owners at the time. And we're like, wow, this is it. We've been preparing for this. We've been praying. We've been fasting. We're totally in faith. We put in an offer. And within about 48 hours, we were just royally rejected. And, um, and I don't know about you, but when you get a big slap in the face, when you think and know it's God, it does something to you. I think we went to the movies that night. I can still remember we went to Marion. We didn't say a word to each other the whole time. We were both a bit depressed. I can't remember what we saw. Uh, it was probably like a Stallone movie or something just to get out some aggression. Not that you're meant to go and watch Stallone movies, man. But um, anyway, I remember at that time we were at a stage where I felt really deflated because I think I know, I know, I think I'd heard from God that he'd said, you're going to have this. And, and we were both in unity. We were both on this. And yet we got a complete slap in the face of no, sorry, not good enough. And um, it took all of that next year. It was a very painful year because I sort of had my tail between my legs all year because I was working for someone who knew I put in an offer for the business and they also put in an offer and they were successful and I wasn't and I'm working for them. So I can choose, am I going to be Absalom or am I going to honour? And uh, there were times where Absalom crept in, I'm going to be honest. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you know, just read your Bible and have a look at how Absalom treated King David when Absalom tried to take some quasi power from the real king. And it's not, it's not a good way to act. And so I remember there were distinct times where I had to choose honour 
over dishonor. And I was actually empowered quite a lot with a lot of freedom uh, because the, the new owner was in Perth and, and it wasn't around a lot. And there were many times where I had to distinctively r- resolve myself to choose honor, even though I was still walking through some hurt and I should have got this thing. Anyway, God will honour you even in the secret place. He'll honour you in all the right decisions because he loves righteousness. He loves righteousness. And fast forward a year later, we were able to secure the business and we became the owners. Sometimes second best comes before best. It's just something that we've learnt. And, and so we've learned that when there's disappointment, when there's a rejection, when there's a failure, it normally means success is not that far away. It might mean hanging on for another year. It might mean being stretched a little bit more. But believe me, it develops perseverance and faith like nothing else. It really builds that muscle into you like nothing else can. And so for us, The timing, even when we think God's got the timing wrong, he's got it right. Sometimes he will allow us to have what we're begging him for, even on, not necessarily on his clock, out of his grace and mercy. I think he does this and I think even scripture proves this. Sometimes when Abraham cries out or when someone does something, he's just like, okay, if you really want it, I'm going to give it to you, but it's not going to be your best. And so... We really want God's best, don't we? We want his timing. And I want to encourage you, if you're waiting on God for stuff, wait for him to open the door because he is never late. He will not disappoint you. He's not not purposely making you feel pain. He's not purposely making you feel confused or depressed or have doubt or fear. He is working all things so that you will see his best scenario. And we can be assured of this because his word tells us and history accounts for this time and time again. And things that seem like the biggest dramas right now in a few years are going to be nothing. Absolutely nothing. The older I get, the more I'm realizing be careful what you fight and be careful what you get upset about. Because it may not be worth it in a year's time. You might look back and slap your one-year-old self and just say, why? Why were you so silly? Why did you get all in a flap about that? There's so many more things that you can focus on. And so time is a really good teacher. Look back on your life. Look back at what's worked and what hasn't worked. Look back at where it's gone wrong in relationships with people. Look back at where it's gone wrong in hearing God or in business or in your career or in any area. Self-analysis is a very powerful tool for teaching us about the future. And if we're big enough to take on the stuff that he's shown us over the years, maybe you might want to journal some errors my mistakes of 2020 or of the past decade. You write them out and let me tell you, if you apply them and listen to those mistakes, they are yelling at you and teaching you good things for the future if we don't make the same ones. Because God is so loving and gracious, but it really takes dialing in and tuning in to what are you saying. Sometimes we miss the timing because we haven't got the tuning right. And sometimes... We just, we just miss the whole thing. And so for me, a lot of it is that day-to-day training 
when we're training ourselves to listen in, when we're training ourselves to say, okay, God, I got it wrong last time. I'm going to tune in a little bit differently and I'm going to get the timing right. And then we find God's heartbeat for our lives. And I believe there's nothing better than when we find the Father's heart on our lives, on our calling, on our uh, vocation, on our purpose, because God has a purpose and a plan for every single one of us. There's not one person in the room who misses out on that because everyone's part of his household. And and if he's a perfect father, no one gets promoted over another person because he loves everyone all the same. Even though some maybe seem to be promoted, don't worry, they're not. He loves you just as much as he loves someone who's super celebrated. Everyone is part of the family. And as Leif Hetland says, you know, he, he, he holds the stock, heaven stock, as in shares in heaven. And when someone gets an upgrade, everyone's shares go up. Because we're all stockholders in heaven, aren't we? We're all stock- So all our shares go up. When, when someone else gets an upgrade, we celebrate the upgrade. We're not orphans who go, oh, no, you got promoted and I didn't. See, that's orphan thinking. That's small, I missed out orphan thinking. When, when we turn it into God's, his house thinking, it's like, wow, the kingdom of God's getting an upgrade. And believe me, pastors get tested on this more than anyone, I think. Because when another church gets an upgrade, orphan Marty says, oh, you know, what are they doing? You know, self-promoters, this, that, and the other. But I've learned to slap orphan Marty down big enough now and raise up son Marty big enough and say, Come on, let's celebrate those guys. Let's celebrate those guys. And it's one of those daily things that we have to do. Dial in, dial in, tune in to what he's saying. Don't ever choose to listen to the old orphan because the old orphan died with Jesus, but sometimes we try and resurrect him or her. I don't know why we do that, but let's, let's let him die. Let him die. And listen to the Father because he's speaking to you and me today. He's speaking to us this week. What is he saying? What is he saying? What's he putting in front of you? I think it's exciting if we begin to tune into him in fresh new ways because he's put things in front of you and in front of me that can be achieved in this region and in your influence that is absolutely unique and powerful to you. I'm excited about what God's saying to you. And let's stand. I want to pray and just believe for God's best and his voice. Let's pray that his voice would increase and that we would dial in more and that whatever he's saying, he would get through to us in whatever ways he has to. Lord, we just thank you for your voice. Thank you, Father, that you love us. You don't leave us on the bench, that you teach us and train us and speak to us. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would speak even today that your word would be clear and powerful and audible to us and that we would hear you, that we would respond. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would keep teaching us and training us in the ways of righteousness to follow after your voice, to purify that prophetic utterance that you've put inside of us so that when we share with others, it would be your voice and not ours. Holy Spirit, I ask today that you would fill us afresh with your fresh voice, with an awareness of your rhythm, an awareness of your heartbeat. What are you saying to us? What are you wanting to do? Have your way, Lord Jesus. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in our lives. And so, Lord, we say more. 
We say more even today, Holy Spirit. We just say, come, fill us and refresh us with your voice, with your power, your presence, your life, your teaching. Holy Spirit, I pray that even as we stand here, you may begin to deposit fresh words of heaven over us. Fresh words of heaven over us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Even prayers that you would give us to pray over people, some with intercessory burdens, Lord, that you would speak to us and you would release the words of the Spirit. Words of the Spirit, not words of man, but words of the Spirit that would, would break things open, that would release fresh new things, that would, that would bring hope and destiny and future into situations. And, and Lord, we just thank you that even when we can't see What's going on? You are in control. You know. You know what's around the corner. Lord, we pray for those situations that seem impossible. We pray for those, those lost ones who maybe have turned away from you. Lord, we pray for those, those scenarios that, that we just cannot control and we have, we have no bearing over. We, we say, come, Lord Jesus, and have your way. Have your way. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Let your power be released in those lives and in those situations. And we just speak your victory. We speak your best. We speak your life and your truth in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Awesome. Well, bless you guys.